Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. Hello and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I'm your co-host Andrew Morgan. With me as always are Billy Loomis's brothers, nephews, cousins, former roommates, Shane Beauregard. What's up? And Chris Frodel. Hello, Andy. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It had that E at the end. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But I was very proud. I was very proud of my Spaceballs reference that <laughs> I came That's very astute. So thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you for not laughing, you pieces of shit. Just let me <laughs> high and dry. Listen, you got to let it breathe. You can't just, you can't stomp all over it. <laughs> I was hoping, uh, uh, by the way, I'm very sad right now. What does it make us? No? <laughs> yes, nothing. that's what I was hoping you were going to say. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely well, do it nothing. Again. Do it again. No. Absolutely no. Um, I'm uh, also very sad that I haven't gotten to watch a single minute of History of the World Part Two, even though, you know. I'm sad I have. Oh, no, no. We're, we're not oh, there. Yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Don't. No. Nope. 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 I've heard good I'll, things. I'll talk I'll off air. All right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of killing, we're going to talk about the number one movie in the land made a tremendous amount of money. 67 million worldwide, 44 domestic over the weekend. Scream 6, bringing back the team of Sam, Tara, Gale Weathers, Kirby, and, some, you know, Kirby's Dreamland we're in for this one. And, uh, you know, obviously the ghost of Billy Loomis still looming over the proceedings bringing back Radio Silence and the, uh, a lot of the team who wrote uh, the original with a giant Nev Campbell-sized hole. Not in this film, but we'll get to that as uh, we get along here. But I was very encouraged that I, every showing that I saw was super packed. In fact, so packed that I <laughs> this has never happened to me. I bought my ticket online, got to the movies, they sold my ticket my ticket my seat and so i had to like get in a dispute to see like who actually gets the seat and i won so that's yeah, good. good for you By yeah. but then i had to sit next to the guy? guy who like had to move <laughs> because they sold my seat and i'm like all right this is awkward but hey so is be you between him and his son or, or something yeah like that? i had to send you know his mom home that was weird you know the little <laughs> yeah. kid stays behind my like, hey should have fucking bought your tickets in person uh but like hey those are rules yeah, exactly. Get a ticket sub, kid, and call me back. Uh, but Scream Six, guys, it's it's doing great uh, with the the box office and the scores are pretty uh, solid as well. Seventy six Rotten Tomato score already certified fresh. Uh, Seven point four on IMDb. Sixty two Metascore. Three point nine on Letterbox. I think that's a little high. Um, and ninety two percent. Rotten Tomato audience score. This is, of course, the next installment in the Scream franchise where the survivors of the ghost face killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City 
a.k.a. Scream Takes Manhattan, a.k.a. Scream The College Years, whatever you want to call it, Scream 2 Part 2, um, you know, it's all it's all got a lot of meta stuff in here, a lot of stuff we've seen in this Scream franchise, and I'm going to kick it over to Shane uh, as our resident horror killer guy, <laughs> genre guy. Where where are you? I know you were bigger on Scream 5 than Chris and I were, even though we kind of enjoyed parts of it or most of it anyway. Um, but how geared up were you for this, especially knowing potentially that Nev Camel was not going to be in it over a salary dispute of all things, which sucks. Right. Well, coming off of Scream 5, I was actually kind of amped up to see this one, even without Nev Campbell, which was fine right? Uh, by me, because, again, I enjoy Scream 5 a little more than you guys did. And uh, I went to a Friday 3 o'clock showing, and to what you just laid out, it was actually <laughs> packed. It was a packed house at 3 o'clock on a Friday, which was unusual. I think I messaged you guys because there's a lot of uh, talking and, and just stuff that was getting me upset. So I should maybe <laughs> went to a different time in a different day, but I'll leave that at that. If you're not safe at three o'clock in the afternoon, I don't know what to tell I, you. I, I know. I know. But overall, uh, I left this movie feeling a certain way. Now I try to grade this out in my head on two different platforms. So try to bear with me on this one. One was like, I'm going to grade it on the sixth installment of a horror franchise. So sure. if I'm going by that, it passes, right? But overall, it's a step back from part five, in my opinion. There were, like, no consequences at all in this movie, and we'll mm. get into it. Yeah. But it's like, uh, how many times can someone get stabbed pretty deep in the gut and just kind of be okay and yeah. walk around and live? And we'll, we'll get into the, the killings. But, like, that <laughs> that got to me at the end of the movie. I'm like, really? You just got stabbed, like, 12 times in the chest, but you're going to make it? Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah. And I, I was feeling this movie up until the last act when we find out who the ghost face killers were. Yeah. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. Okay. They lost me at the very end of the movie. But up until then, yes, horror movies fall into some tropes. They always do. Yeah. And I tried to ignore them as much as I could during this movie. But for some reason, it, it, it started getting to me. But overall, as a sixth installment, solid. Uh, I will say that when you compare it to other horror franchises, I think overall the scream is actually a pretty good franchise, right? But let's, I hope it ends now. Like I don't want to see a scream seven. I don't. Like, oh, just, you 100% know they are. Uh, I know, but you I'm need a quote trilogy with every, uh, I know, you know, but I'm, pairing. I'm done and we'll get into the details. I'll let you guys kind of speak now, but I was a little disappointed. Yeah, well, Chris, we talked a little bit off air about this. I mean, because Shane brings up a good point, and I was saying to you, I'm hoping, and this that might be offensive to other people, even though I truly love the franchise at points, um, this and Halloween are kind of like the longest active kind of franchises going. And when yeah. when Halloween was in there kind of like post, you know, the original stuff, trying to feel it out without Jamie Lee Curtis period and all that stuff. That's kind of where they were four, five, six, you know, movies in or whatever. And they were truly lost. It's weird that like scream kind of is still playing the hits in a way. Like they're still bringing back former characters. Obviously we yeah. mentioned that Nev Campbell's not in here, but I think I agree with Shane on some level where I'm like, 
I didn't think they'd be this productive, let alone make more money with this movie than the last movie. So where do you see Scream kind of sitting as as a modern horror movie? Uh, yeah, uh, it's right up there with why I don't like modern horror movies. Um, yes, <laughs> it, it, I'm just saying it's it, it feels like it's trying to be too smart for its own good. You know, it's kind of like doubling down on the the idea of legacy characters uh they might as well look right into the camera when they make all these points because they're just being that you know meta that yeah. you know winking at the camera and uh yeah i'm i'm with shane that <laughs> i was getting frustrated with the way these characters were just like getting beaten maimed uh, and finally you know if they were lucky getting killed yeah and yet, you know, it's a prolonged death. It's, uh, you know, I'm still running around with, you know, very big losses of blood. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, you're you're right. It's it's one of those longstanding franchises that people keep on coming back to. And like you said, they are going to make a seven. They're going to make an eight. They're going to make it as long as people are coming to see these. They're going to make that. Sure. As far as uh, my favorite sixth entry of a film, <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth is mine. So this is this can't come close. Yeah. So Shane, maybe you can answer me this: because Scream has this problem, and you can call it a problem, I guess, is where every movie the person who Ghostface is, it's like a murder mystery where you're trying to figure it out versus like. The staples like Michael Myers and Freddy and Jason and all these things where it's like, oh, this is kind of like just a demon we have to deal with. And they can probably come back because they're like these killing machines that can't die for some reason. So do you think like part of the issue is that they have to be so inventive and that it's or do you think that's what makes this franchise live on because you never know? what they're going to concoct, and it turns into a murder mystery, which those are clearly hot right now, coming off of, you know, Knives Out, Poker Face, and all these other things. Right. No, I agree. I like the fact that it's usually cloaked in some kind of mystery, that it's not one person or, like, a Michael Myers type of person. Yeah. I think that's what makes this franchise, but I felt like in this movie they were just really... Because in the prior ones, it it did have some connectivity to the other movies in the franchise, I just felt like this one, they were really, really reaching for like how to connect the Ghostface Killer to why they were the Ghostface Killer. You know what I mean? Right. So it didn't yeah. really work for me. I didn't feel it because it was based off a character from the last movie right. that I honestly kind of forgot about. Yeah. Um, but I do like the two leads in this franchise. Like I think Jenny Ortega and the actress who played her sister, I like them as leads. I really do. I think they can carry this franchise going forward. I think they're the best parts of this last two movies, but and I did like how they had the the the, the in, when they went to the museum or whatever they went to with all the ghost face killers from the previous movie. I, I actually kind of did <laughs> the like museum that museum that is locked and closed all the right. time. Right, <laughs> yeah. I could have done without the Billy Loomis flash or talking to the the, the daughter there. We all yeah. could, yeah, yeah. I think they tried to tease us with that, then they just kind of got rid of it at the very end of the movie, right. But I like the lead actresses. I like the fact that we don't know who the Ghostface Killer is. I think it's a big part of the movie is trying to figure out who it can be. I just didn't care in this one. I just didn't right. care. 
Like I just Dermot Mulroney, you talking about overacting? Like hit? Oh my god! Yeah, he, he, was, he was a little rough. Yeah. He was hamming it up at the end there. I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, I, I well, just to uh, to say first uh, about the lead thing. After watching part five, I wasn't convinced that Melissa Barrero was a lead. Okay. I got to say that in this movie, I think she steps up to where she definitely solidifies it. Um, and yeah. I think the reason why they're going to keep making as many screams is they're going to keep making them as long as Jenna Ortega is like the, it's hot. is yeah. In, in all regards, like the Wednesday thing <laughs> only made it more like, Oh my God, we need to keep cranking these out because you know, not everyone stays as popular as she is, but the fact that she's in your franchise. Oh yeah. Yeah. I knew there was no way unless like she had contracts to do a billion other movies and she just can't that Jenna Ortega was going to survive this movie because they need her to. Right. Um, so, and, and, True. and in the same thing, Melissa Barrera now becomes the Sydney Prescott of sorts, especially if Sydney Prescott is absent from your movie. Um, right. but I, you know, in a way, I like I agree with you about the killings, and we can, like you said, get into them. I almost want to make like parody videos of like, especially that one killing you were kind of alluding to, where it's like, you know, just stand there, just keep getting stabbed over and over. No, I'm fine. Just go. I'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, we're save yourself. Yeah, exactly. It just keeps getting stabbed like, oh over and over and over. It's like I think. Uh, what did you call it, Chris? A oh, pincushion. Like that, it yeah. was just like if he, yeah. I wanted him to like drink a glass of water and just have it just come yeah, all like seven, eight, so, twenty yeah. different ways out of his body. Um, so he, he, here's yeah. a quick thing for you guys: What do you sure. think about the opening scene with Samara Weaving? I think she is the hottest woman on the planet. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was looking. Yeah. She was looking she was. really good in that Real opening scene. Good. Yeah, yeah, and I was so glad to see her because again, I wonder if that's well, it's two things, right? Because radio silence, th- these teams, they worked on ready or not so that that kind of is the samara weaving connection there to to make her the drew barrymore of sorts of this movie Mm -hmm. and then the other part of it is it's kind of a flex from samara weaving going yeah 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 jenna ortega cool i'm a fucking scream queen bitch (laughs) i've been in the babysitter franchise i'm in ready or not i'm awesome at this thing let me be in this movie and we'll see what's up but yeah of course uh She's not part of this whole thing, but I, I love seeing her there for sure. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was just like, really? This this is how we're starting it off? Like, it, it was a nice misdirect with uh, the phone ringing and then finding out that you're in a restaurant or bar or whatever. And, uh, you know, having her be the one that we're introduced right. to. And as soon as she's going down that alley, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you <laughs> yeah. doing? You're like, just turn around. I don't see anybody. What is she doing? Um, but again just like all these other horror films, there's tropes that you have to, uh, you know, check off. Yeah. You know, I heard a noise. Let's go towards that noise. Yeah. No, don't. Yeah. Don't do that. Hey, that alley we'll looks live. comfortable. This is good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was nice misdirect. Uh, uh, even the fact that you get to see who's under the mask, who does the, the killing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's wild. Mm. And then that gets taken away from you. I'm like, Wow. Okay. Yeah. I- I'm into this. Yeah. yeah. There's a. But that was it. There's <laughs> a bunch of interesting things in here, and uh, and part of me feels bad for the team making this movie, even though I will say I, I did think it was uh, a solid addition to the franchise, even though it does have its own problems, and we'll get into all of them, of course, and we sort of have. But 
I do feel bad that like Nev Campbell was a change at the last minute of sorts to them because they had a script from what it felt like where they were like, the script is going to change greatly because she is not signing on. So it's, it's not like dark Knight rises level where you're like, shit, Heath Ledger is dead. What do we do? But it's, it could have been close to that because if it followed, you know, people from her past and not Melissa Barrera or Jenna Ortega's past or any of this stuff, you know, that might be a different movie. I don't know what they planned, you know, and so how they had to sw- do a switcheroo on that. And whether maybe that opening sequence was added because they had to pad something that they had to do, I don't know either. Um, but I'd be interested to know where things went. I'd love to hear some kind of like making of behind the scenes type of thing to really be like, yeah, we had to really go in a different direction because of no Nev Campbell. So, you know, I do feel bad for them. You also see a lot of things in this movie that don't feel screamish. Like, I don't know, Ghostface with a gun felt weird uh, when he's, you know, doing that even because anytime there's been guns around, still kind of comes out with the knife. The knife is the thing, right? So that is, true. you know, throw a television, obviously, every now and then, but, uh, you know, or, or hang somebody or whatever, but it's mostly with the knife. There's it's intimate personal killings. Having a gun feels very odd, but obviously to, it's sort of explained by who it is, but right. Know. But I had the same thought when he pulled the shotgun out. I'm like, that just doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. It's just, yeah. it felt off. I felt the same exact. I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot to write that down, but yeah. I felt the same way. I'm like, oh, he's got a shotgun now. That's off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was I was thinking because of, uh, you know, yes, in the, the preview, you see him with a shotgun. You're like, oh, my God, now he's using this uh, uh, amongst his arsenal. Yeah. Um, but it, in that instance, it was him taking it away from the guy right. and using it on that guy. Right. It wasn't for his intended targets. It was just to get this bother out of his way. Right. Um, I'm glad he didn't like continue with it and be like, "Hey, this is a new way." Yeah, of where it turns into an action revenge. movie, a John Wick movie with <laughs> yeah, Ghostface. Exactly. That'd be hilarious. Yep. Um, but also other things like murdering uh someone in broad daylight. I thought that was interesting to see in a horror movie, let alone this particular series. That kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. And also Hayden Pentieri saying she's 30. That also threw me off for a minute there because I'm like, there's no fucking way, really. Um, so, but, you know, when she was playing a teenager, she was one of those people who was playing a teenager forever, you know, when she was probably like 28. Yeah. So, you know, it, it happens where you're like, oh, maybe she is. And then you look it up. She's like 36 or 37 or whatever. But. Yay, in the Scream universe, you could be whatever age you want to be, especially if you're a returning character from now, you know, a couple movies ago. Um, what did you guys think of the whole Kirby thing, bringing her back in? You know, is that like a welcome thing for you? I mean, you know, she's delightful. I always like her. You know, I was a hero's watcher and everything else. But as far as her in here, you know, it was, a, again, a decent, decent add-on. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I like her as an actress. Like you said, Andrew, she's very delightful to look on screen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I didn't mind her character in this. I It was a little far-fetched a little bit, but, you know, it was okay. I, it didn't, I didn't have any hang-ups with it is what I'm saying. Yeah, and honestly, I, I don't like Scream 4 a lot, so I didn't have, like, a relationship to it. So whatever was there was okay. I was going to say, I have no recollection of what happened between 
uh, Scream 1 and this new installment, <laughs> uh, it's all a blur. Yeah. It really is all a How blur. How dare and I'm like, you, sir? What? What? What was Kirby's role? <laughs> oh well, you know, yeah. it was nice to see Hayden. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, and I was just like, is she like a cartoon character because that gun <laughs> was bigger than her yeah. that she was carrying? Well, she's so small. Yeah, <laughs> she's so, and she, and we're supposed to believe that she's an FBI agent, like on any capacity. Sure, that's what I was just like. Oh, maybe she's part of this, and then you know, I'm giving other. I'm given as an audience member different clues mm-hmm. and I'm just like, no, maybe she's not. And then we see the shrine, the museum of past <laughs> ghost faces. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, the only way you can get this stuff is if you're this. Yeah. And that was a big hint. I was just like, okay, yeah. All right. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. Uh, Chris, by the way, it's called the Ghosts of Murder's Past. I've uh, officially named it. It's got its own shrine. It's uh... Please, please. No, no. <laughs> do not name it. That makes it real. <laughs> it's like naming a pet. Um, yeah, exactly. Now I have to feed we it. We have to take it Fuck. home now. Yeah. Ah. So overall, I guess let's get into kind of like uh, the general feelings and really kind of what we hope for, I guess. Shane's already kind of put it on. He doesn't even want to see it going forward. So I'm guessing <laughs> your experience wasn't up to snuff. It's like you said. It was a fine addition to the franchise. I was expecting a little bit more. Uh, but I just think they went off the rails. And the other thing I forgot to mention is I was so annoyed. I'm like, we're part of the core four. The core four. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, please. Yeah. Like, Which is, again, st- why they need to fucking die. <laughs> yes, yeah. please. So... It was a good addition. I enjoyed it. It feels like I crapped all over this movie, but it was okay. I just don't I, I don't care about it anymore. Just I don't know how they could and like you said, they're probably gonna make another one, but I don't see where they go. Everyone like I don't see who the next ghost face could possibly be. Like it would be great if they pulled uh Raylan Givens out to be the ghost face again. I would love to see that, but I think he's dead dead, you know? Yeah. Didn't he fall off the roof or I something like that? I think he did. I can't shot? remember. But, I yeah, know. I don't know where they See, go it's from all here. A blur. Yeah, I don't know where they go from here. I really don't. Well, I mean, in a way, they're not lucky. But I guess, you know, you still have Nev Campbell there. Like, so you can bring her back and kind of join the team to end some larger thing. But, you know, it, it's like a... I don't know. I don't want to compare it to like, you know, some other action movies like a John Wick or something where it's like they just keep adding a new big boss and that's that's who they're fighting this time. And if you like that sort of thing, cool. And if not, you know, how is it that different from Halloween or whatever? It's like because I guess you dig the mask of Michael Myers and you're a Michael Myers person like to me. I still love the imagery. I still love yeah. the the kind of mystery. And you're right. The only thing that can kind of sink these movies as a whole is generally the third act, like the final phase where you're like, oh, I believe this or I don't. Because otherwise, I think the killings were mostly yeah. good in this movie up until that point. And I think um, the the characters outside who we were saying kind of Dermot Mulroney maybe um, you know I, I thought Melissa Barrera took a step up I thought Jenna Ortega was plausible that she's kind of this person of like I'm annoyed that this is part of my life but I'm trying to move on and like a lot of those characters made sense I'm kind of sick of Gail Weathers that may not be a popular opinion but uh, you know yeah. I'm sick of the or at least I'm sick of how they're writing her is more to the point where, you know, yeah. 
she should have had like, or is she did at some point have like an arc of like where she's learning lessons, she's being more protector, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, we're talking about, you know, her being a, a bitch again, writing another book and, you know, being, being a, an antihero or whatever, or some kind of like pest again. It's like, really? We're on scream six. Let's fucking do something. Like Nev Campbell makes more sense of just being completely absent versus what Gail Weathers has done, especially in the face of what happened in Scream Five, which they at least call her out on. But it felt like just an odd move. But that's the other thing. Another odd move is wasn't she? Didn't she have her own talk show? And now she's back to slinging news. Yeah, yeah. But again, right? I think you, that's you, you write another tell-all book and you turn into that investigative journalist thing again. So I don't know. Sure. Yeah. It, it, yeah. The inconsistency of that character, I think, is what you're alluding to. And, and that's where I'm saying, too, where it's just what version of Gale am I getting in this movie? And I think that's a writing problem versus like a performance problem. I have no problem with Courtney Cox. I think when she steps up and becomes like that straight bitch, you know, fucking a not just abrasive, but like yeah. kind of, you know, a badass version that you need in these movies. Someone with a backbone. Mm-hmm. I dig it, you know, but like for what her arc is, it's kind of confusing. Especially right. it, she, She's a character who probably shouldn't have lasted six movies is really what they're telling us. Yeah, c- correct. Yeah. Um, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said. I'm done with the Courtney. Con- I'm done with Gail Weathers. Like if there's going to be another scream, just kill, like just don't include her in the next installment because – they took a step. Let her be the next. Drew. Yeah, they took a step back. Yeah, with her character, like it's like you said, she was making progress, changing. All of a sudden, it's like, what happened? to All that, like it just went back to like her being a straight up bitch, you know? Yeah, and based and on the, like lo- the biggest loss that she's ever right. had, too. So come on. I know. So I agree with you yeah. on that character. Like I'm done with her arc. Just get her off this, this movie here's, <laughs> franchise. Here's my problem, guys. When I watch this movie. Mm-hmm. I really glossed over a lot of these issues because I was having a good time at the movies. And I don't want to lose that because I'm sure there's some points or charm to that that I'm like, oh, this is a good time. But the more I think about this movie, I'm like, God, if it wasn't for the two leads, I'm like, ooh, there's some yeah. there's some stuff. Um, so especially, like you said, that final act, again, there are some things to like about it. As far as like the aggressiveness and some some of the kills or whatever, but when you talk about some of the people who should have died, or if you talk All about you know Dermot Mulroney <laughs> or and, and the and his yeah. effect on you know how you feel about uh, some of the stuff in the final act and whatever, that kind of sours a little bit. I'm I'm still yeah. in for a seven. I, I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not with you, Shane, as far as that goes. But I need I need more. But I'm probably not going to get it. So it's, it's a seventh installment, as we've been saying. <laughs> With the character of Sam, though, I just thought it was funny that everyone was saying that she was a murderer. She's a psycho. She's the uh, she's the daughter of a psycho. And they're all on her being possibly the the orchestrator yeah. of the, the Woodboro. Uh, Woods, Woodsboro. Woodsboro, yep. right? She's the big orchestrator of, of what happened then. So they know of her, but what's up with uh, Tara? You know, Tara was with her. What's up with uh, the twins? They were with her. Oh, they like Wednesday. And no one's the, bagging the on that. Like, they like Wednesday. Uh, so they were big Wednesday I guess fans. So. And they were just yeah. like, no, no, no. Like, she she looks like she yeah. could. The pigtails. 
impossible. Yeah. But, you know, you have those characters who've all been through the same stuff. They were all the final people with the last killing. Yeah. So why are they ganging up on Sam? And that baffled me. I was like, did I miss something from the last movie to this? Yeah. And uh, the other thing I posed to uh, Andrew, and I'll, I'll pose this to you, Shane, are they half sisters? Did I miss that part too, Tara and Sam? I thought they were actual sisters, but I could be wrong because a lot of Scream 5 is escaping my brain. And See? I, yeah, well, I, no. <laughs> I, I said to him, I don't, I think they have to be half. Because, and I think they may have said that at some point because why wouldn't she also be tormented by the Loomis right. thing? So, right. yeah. And also, I was like, good and, on Billy Loomis for you know getting someone pregnant in high school and being a you know a stereotype of another sort, and also being planning a murder and also dating Nev Campbell. So that's a lot. That's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, to uh, that's a good I gotta say, it's a good senior year right there. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so many yearbook superlatives there <laughs> i was gonna say he's got uh, a single splash page on the yearbook yeah most ambitious uh, billy loomis man <laughs> yes but it's so funny it's like i've seen uh skeet ulrich uh-huh. i was almost gonna say billy i seen billy in person um yeah when we were at ct horror you know yes. i saw him from a distance but the guy still looks good oh yeah yeah and i'm like why did they have to cake him up with such Heavy makeup to show that he's still the same old Billy. All you had to do is keep him very faint in that sure. glass, yeah. and you got your Billy. He looks the yeah, same. They, Why do you have to mess with him? They gave the Barbara Walters light where it's like out of focus and fuzzy, and like they just Vaseline yes. on the camera or whatever. It's like, all right, you yeah. don't need to go that far. It's an, it's a little nuts. Yeah. He's a good-looking guy, I, I can admit. You know? Yeah. Um, but it was so funny to see that. I'm just like, you're you're trying too hard on this stuff, people. And you didn't even need him again. No. Yeah. You didn't even need him in the last film. Yeah. Just be like, you know, Dad, I, I, what do I do? You know, and you don't even have to show him. I just want to know, does he only pop up in things where it's like his murder weapons there? Or is it like, does he does he only pop up? when like what what are the rules that like he gets to show up is it like <laughs> is she gonna like start dating some like still dating the guy from this movie or whatever and they're gonna be like having sex and he's gonna just pop up like what are the rules i want to yeah. know <laughs> all the rules of when oh, billy Loomis shows up so let's let's put some grades i i think uh, you know mm-hmm. and then if we want is there any spoilery stuff you want to do after what are you guys thinking because to me it, it, it Unless we're talking about where we think part seven goes, I think it's not worth exploring too much, but I'll leave it up to you guys. No, I agree with you. Uh, I think we talked about this <laughs> enough. We're yeah, we, we've alluded to uh, spoiler yeah. spoiler territory, but uh, yeah, no, just if people are going to, if people want to see this, they're going to go see sure. it. Uh, it doesn't matter if we're positive or negative, they're going to be like, yeah, I'll listen to this after I see it and see yeah. what they think, you know? Yeah. But I will uh, jump on the uh, Sydney train and say if she does come back for seven, mm-hmm. she's trying to live her own life. Uh, she She's basically in witness protection, right? right? But some very clever uh, youngins are mm-hmm. like, hey, she looks like this girl from that Woodsboro murder area. 
Yeah. And everyone wants to do like a documentary on it. And then she gains uh, popularity by uh, this docu-series. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and but I'm done with wants podcasters and, and documentary thing. With No, these. you got to bring them in. You got to make up for those losses. No. Here's what's going to happen. <laughs> Melissa no. Barrera finally breaks bad and she tries to go after Sydney. That's probably the only thing they're going to do. I was thinking that too. They they you know no. they already planted the seeds for it. Yeah, and 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 they're gonna have yeah she she gets stabbed yeah and then Jenna Ortega is the real hero which is what they want and then they get to carry her going forward because she's more popular right. and seen. So uh, <laughs> let's put the grades on there, hey, yes. Shane. Give me what you think about this one. Where are you thinking? Uh, I'm going solid. For me, and again, it seems like I crapped all over this movie, but at the end of the day, I enjoyed myself. It was a good addition. I gave it a three. I can't bump it up any higher than a three. If Shane's a three, I can't wait to see what Chris gives. What do you got, buddy? <laughs> I can't go any lower than a two and a half. Okay. But I can't go any higher. See, here's the thing. I, if, I mem- if memory serves, I think I gave Scream 5 a three, and I feel like this one was a smidge better, but somehow I feel... A little icky about a three and a half so i'm gonna cheat huh. like i always do and give it like a 3.25 just to give the indication that i think i like this like the heights of this movie better even though maybe the last act of scream five is better than the last act of scream six is that fair sound yeah that's fair good? sure yeah. yeah i'll take that so we're all around the same area i that's why i'm saying the 3.9 yeah. on letterbox what did you got what did you guys see i don't i don't, I don't get that i'm i'm more in line with your your sevens ish crowd or the 62 metascore crowd where it's like eh, it's, it's pretty fair well i'm looking forward yeah. to another chapter um i would like to see nev campbell back um but you know it's all circumstantial because they seem to have a winning formula because i think this movie costs around 30 to 35 million and then they made 67 million in the first weekend so great yeah. job you know i don't know lesson learned marvel I don't know if they have, like, there's got to be something where they have to go back to Woodsboro, probably. But even then, now mm. you've left, you can kind of do anything. But I don't know. That, maybe they get their first jobs, you know, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they start a, a lucrative internship that, you know, is run by someone who really is into the Woodsboro murders. I don't know. What are we Which, doing? Uh, uh, where did Stay by the Bell go? Are we doing the the beach vacation next? Is this what Hawaii, we're doing? Hawaii, uh, right, California. Yeah. So scream Hawaiian style is next. Uh, or uh, if you're going the Jason route, then it has to be uh, scream goes to hell. Right? Is that there what? You go. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. That was all right. It. Well, before this podcast <laughs> goes to hell, let's move on from Scream Six. <laughs> And we're going to get into uh, some of the TV stuff we've mentioned over the weeks and kind of check in with them, especially as a couple of them have now wrapped up their season ones. Um, so sorry, Chris, that we're going to kind of go into The Last of Us um, because Bye, you are everyone. No. you are officially the last person to not watch The Last of Us. So we're going <laughs> to you know, sideline you for a minute here. Uh, but Shane, I, I am very interested uh, in... Yeah, you know, we, we haven't checked in with this show in a little bit on here because we did Creed. We've done, you know, some other things that, you know, got in the way of us checking back in on TV. But I think this show, since we last talked, has kind of gone up and down a little bit. They kept doing a lot of like these kind of bottle episodes, one off things, flashbacky episodes to kind of deepen the Ellie character while, you know, 
putting less of the emphasis in terms of that that bonding relationship or even just uh, Pedro Pascal in general. So now that we've seen what they did with the finale, first of all, how do you feel about season the first season as a whole now, now that we've seen everything and where it's going to lean? And then also, what do you think about the finale? Because I think at least the finale was an uptick before we get out of here on season one. The finale was just great. It had everything you'd want in finale. It was emotional. From someone who played the video game, that's exactly how it played out in in the game. So they right. nailed they nailed that last episode. Yeah. Um I didn't mind that flashback scene as much as you did and we kind of like went back and forth a little bit off camera. Yeah. Where it was like her friend in the mall. It wasn't their best episode, but I didn't mind it as much as you did, but the last two episodes where she um it was pretty much Bella by herself because Pedro was like sidelined in right. the second to last episode. I loved that episode as well. The whole, you know, the, the town full of cannibals it turned out to be and <laughs> yeah. that whole Spoiler. thing. I, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I loved it. And the season finale, again, I started getting a little emotional. Like the bond between her and Pedro yeah. was, was, was there. I absolutely loved it. This show is worth all the hype. That is getting. I'm sorry. It's probably the best show HBO has put out. A drama, I should say. Uh, drama they put out in quite some time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 a lot better probably than House of the Dragon, even though I like some parts of House of the Dragon or whatever. And, you know, it's good to see something, you know, even though it's based on a video game, something a little more fresh or at least fresh to me that. I'm enjoying it too, and I thought they did a really good job with the the last couple episodes. I I understand why they needed to kind of sideline uh, one and kind of let the development happen on the other side, but I think I'm I'm happy that they ended on the note that they did. And in fact, the the one thing that this episode provides, and of course it's because it's a, a season finale, is they're finally kind of adding seeds of doubt that aren't just like not pathetic but like self-doubt it's more like actual intrigue of like mis not mystery but like kind of you know uh, misdirection backstabbing whatever you want to call it like just some kind of like over parenting whatever you want to call it at this point um that they're gonna go forward with into season two so you know that's something new that they didn't have really all season the whole season was really predicated on is this relationship develop? How is this relationship developing? The stops and starts of all that, and then seeing, you know, her special ability is something that they really tapped into in this last episode as well. The real meat of what her purpose is and what it goes. But of course, then they go right into you know that whole scenario. I, I'm trying to be non-spoilery, so right, I'm, I'm right, being a little right, right. hedgy, but. I thought they did a good job. I thought that whole hospital scene was amazing. I, you know, and and the confrontation and uh, just the not giving a fuck, uh, you know, and letting the the dog off the leash, so to speak. You right. Know. I was gonna ask you about that. Like Joe's not like he he turned, but like he he just got cold during these last couple episodes. The way he was going well, about his business, like, he almost died. Yeah, like no, like but uh, I meant like. Just no emotion, just like that whole hospital scene, just what he was like, I don't know, like he turned colder than he had been prior to that last episode. Yeah. Just kind of knowing the weight of what's going on and what he has to kind of do to help Ellie out there. 
Right. And did you catch the uh, nugget from the um, previous episode where uh, the guy who actually voiced Joe was that guy's right hand man in that episode? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And also the person who plays Ellie's mother, uh, I guess, also did the voice of Ellie in uh, the video game as well, I believe. So, you know, they're 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 good. They're loyal to kind of bring back people to either people who are involved with it or tried out for it. And in some cases, we mentioned that before, you know, people who they have a relationship with, which isn't right. shocking. Um, and I think every single casting decision has been pretty, pretty damn solid in this show. So no complaints. And I know this isn't fair, but when I was watching this last episode, I'm like, this is what the fucking Walking Dead should be. Like, this is the writing that should be behind The Walking Dead. Sure. But I understand The Walking Dead's had, like, 15 seasons and blah, 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 blah. But, like, for such a slow-paced show, like, this is. There are some action scenes in it. But for the more or less, it's a character study with these two people. Yeah. It it keeps you intrigued. The writing is so good. Yeah. Like, it it, it rarely lets you down. So it, it keeps a hook in you. So I'm like, this is what The Walking Dead should be. Not the bullshit that we get from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Although there are scenes in here where I'm like, I wish this could, we can live in this for a while. It's kind of like with Game of Thrones, like where it's like the heights of the action and stuff in there, you can't, can't deny it. Like, you know, it's awesome. Battle of the Bastards, et cetera. But I think some of my favorite episodes is where people are on a mission or on the road and they're just talking things out and really kind of deepening relationships and whatever. And you get some of that, especially in this episode, you got it you know, almost immediately. But like the the way that they kind of structure these episodes, part of me is like, I wish there was just a couple extra episodes and let it breathe a little. Some of these episodes just feel like kind of rushed a little right. bit, like rushed to moments where it's like, okay, now we're in this. But other than that, no complaints whatsoever uh, with how they, they did that and- yeah, I agree with you. It's a very solid show. It's uh, worth the hype. I'm definitely in for a season two, especially the way they they set it up. I do wonder, they're you know on the road. Are they heading back to his brother's place? I didn't feel like I fully understood. Are they going back to the original compound? That was Wyoming, what Joe right? put out there was going back to Colorado. I think right. that's where his brother's at. I think they were on their way back to Colorado. That's the sense that I got from it. Yeah. So, again, if that's where the starting point is and then maybe that has more intrigue and unravels, I didn't play the video game, so I don't know if there's more meat on the bone, per se, Shane. is Would you say that no. they're, they're heading to something or are they kind of... See, here's the problem with me. I didn't play the second game, right. but like this season was the entire first game. Like, okay. there's no meat on the bone. The way this episode ended is how the show, is how the video game ended. Sure. They, like, married each other. That whole hospital thing was the last scene in the video game. So I didn't play part two, which concentrates on two different characters during the same kind of timeline. So I don't know where they're going to go for season two. Right. Okay. Well, you know, again, regardless, I'm looking forward to it. I think they did a solid job and the season finale was definitely worth it. And I I agree with you. I love the ending of that, uh, the cannibal episode and all that stuff in the escape and just the pure the rage, the fire. Although I did kind of go, really? You probably should have put the fire out, dude. You're gonna kill everybody else. You're gonna let you know, put all your your people in danger. Okay. You, you literally stared at it and be like, ah, I'll get back to it. You know, let the whole place burn. But you know, 
small right. things, small things. It was worth the effort. Let's get into something that Chris could talk about as well, because this one has been eating at me. Um, it's literally killing me. It's all I've been talking about with like my brother and other people <laughs> off off mic. Um, the Mandalorian is back. Um, we're now two episodes into that. Um, Chris, I know you can yes. uh, take your earmuffs off now uh, for for the Last <laughs> of Us conversation. Um, the Mandalorian, Thank you, you are for that pee break. You're welcome, and um, you're all <laughs> caught up on, on these two episodes. Give me your impressions yes. because I'll say right now, and I will say it, uh, I will shout it from the rooftops. This show sucks right now, and they need to fucking fix it. So, how would you feel, buddy? <laughs> wow. Well, um, I, I got to tell you, it took me two times to watch the first episode. Yeah. Um, I, I, I got to say, I do believe that there's certain head spaces you need to be to watch certain things mm-hmm. and come on mandalorian is probably the simplest sure. of uh head spaces that you need to be and yeah. yet i couldn't get into it the first time i watched it yeah went back to see the second time and i thought it was a little better than the first but i don't know man i there's only so many times i can have two people talk like this where there's <laughs> expressions that you can't see uh-huh. And it, it, Pedro Pascal is is great at his voice work for the Mandalorian. Yeah, but for the most part, he's so soft spoken that even when he's in danger, his elevation doesn't get more than this. Right, and I'm just like, emote, buddy, please emote. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm just following the story. I'm like, okay, this is first two episodes of what an eight or ten episode season. You know, maybe it's gonna go somewhere. Grogu's cute. That's it. Uh, other than that, I'm like, okay, he's he's got to bathe in the waters of a dead planet to be an actual Mandalorian again. Yeah. Who's going to be witness to this if it's just him and Grogu that goes to the planet? Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, where's the logic in that? <laughs> yeah, the Mandalorian has gone straight purple rain. He needs to like wash himself in the you know <laughs> in Lake Minnetonka or whatever uh, yeah. and yeah you know, yeah purify I, himself, right. but. Yeah. I also laughed because, uh, especially from like almost from the get go, they're like baptizing this young, you know, soon to be Mandalorian kid or whatever in, oh, last I looked, not Mandalore, in some, uh, you know, shark, uh, alligator infested waters or whatever. Yeah. And so this guy's cool. This guy's pure now. And uh, you couldn't just dunk the Mandalorian this pure, <laughs> nice water and just call it a day when Mandalore is poison. You pieces of shit. This guy is pure goodness. Wow. He's on missions doing the best work of all you people, you lazy pieces of crap who have just kind of like went, eh, you know, we lost our planet, so I'm not going to do what you do. And then he, he has to go through all these loopholes to, to get through to get to Mandalore and all these other things. He's chilling with Bo-Katan, Andrew, who is- took his mask off. I know. God, yeah. And if they say Creed one more time, I'm you know, it's so funny, like they say Creed so much and then Carl Weathers is there. It's like, well, isn't that funny? And then um yeah. um didn't catch Yeah. That. And then uh but this like you said, this is, should be so simple for me to love. 
And for some reason, I feel like every episode is rushed. They're like less than 30 minutes now or like around 30 minutes. I'm like, what What the hell did that yeah. happen? This show went from like being a Star Wars Western, which I completely dug where he's going from like town to town, mission to mission to like either be on a mission, helping people, doing whatever, to now the first episode felt like a recap that like was just like, I'm like, didn't we already have this conversation with the person you're trying to beg forgiveness from? Why are we doing this? And then the Bo-Katan thing, she's by herself just chilling like on a lounger, like on a, a stone chase lounge, uh, just, you know, like, ah, everybody left me. Get the fuck away. Oh, please don't leave. I've been very lonely for so long. <laughs> um, and then he goes through his whole ordeal with the droid thing because he, oh, I only trust one droid. Carl Weathers is like, hey, man, well, you could take any of our best droids. No, no, no. And then next episode, I need the chip for my droid because I only trust this guy. Well, we don't have that. Nobody has that. And uh, you want to just take this droid? All right, fine. I'll take this droid. Yeah. What are we doing? This yeah. is a waste of time. These are 30-minute episodes. They should be packed to the gills with amazing story. And they're not. It feels like I'm in retread. We're just showing, hey, remember this character that we talked to before? Let's talk to them again. And it felt like a Legend of Zelda where I'm like just like wandering in circles oh God, talking yeah. to uh, people to try to help me to the next stage. And But I'm stuck in a time loop. But yeah, and then I'm also starting to get sick of Mando getting saved all the time. Like he's a hapless character now and like Bo-Katan having to save him I was just like really um so I don't know they either involve her from the start or fucking don't have you know Grogu going on a space flight because you yeah. need to do something with him because again he's gone back to being useless he went through all this training and again two episodes and I'm not getting shit from him besides going on a flight that has a droid that can fly it for you I'm not impressed, guys. I don't that is true. I don't know what I'm supposed to be getting from these two episodes. I feel like I'm stuck. Shane, are uh, you with us? Or uh, I, if you're Shane, against this, I will shut this down. No, I'm just kidding. Go yeah, ahead. I'm a little against. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit. A little oh, bit. The first episode, the first episode was not good. I did not like for you, like you said, it felt like a recap. I'm like, yeah. I felt like I felt like this was from last season. I didn't mind the second episode as much, though I did laugh a couple times <laughs> because when they get when he got attacked by the creatures when he got to the planet, my mind went to Land of the Lost immediately. Like that's what they <laughs> yeah. reminded me of. That is true. Uh -huh. And then that fucking robot towards the end was a total ripoff of Lost in Space, another Netflix yeah. property show. I'm like, yeah. come on, guys. I like Bo. Uh, listen, Katie Sackhoff could do whatever the hell she wants to do. True, and I and like her. Watch. I just wish she made sense. I think she makes sense in this way. I think because she is doesn't believe in the myth or mythos of Mandalore, where you know our guy Mando is. That's all he's focused on is like just staying true to to his path. And I think it opened up her eyes, right, in this episode. So. I and there was a mutual respect between the two in this episode, especially like when she uh, when when he was heaping praise on her father and was like, "This is the way." You know, I wish I would have met him. Yeah, and like when she saw that Mytho beast for the first time, like she gasped, like she didn't believe that legend at all. Yeah. So I think it was good for both characters. That's what I liked about the episode. Yes, it was frustrating that he gets locked up in a cage, has to be saved. 
goes in this fucking lake and all of a sudden he like he has to be saved again. I'm like, oh, yeah. come on, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. But I, I think overall what we're going to see is either he is going to be the person who unites all the Mandalorian. I think he's going to end up riding that goddamn Etho beast at the end of the season. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> or Baby Yoda is going to be the new Mandalorian like he's trying to train right now. So yeah. I hope it's option one because – Honestly, I'm over Baby Yoda. I- I'm over that character, Grogu. I- I'm oh, over man. him. Now Sorry. our ratings have plummeted. <laughs> Sorry. I- I'm uh, over him. Well, he doesn't I- have a-, a through line. He doesn't have Correct. a development line. And like you thought maybe something with the Luke thing was going to be that. And now it's just we're back to him being, you know. Square uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've gone backwards. And honestly, and we I don't even know what backwards is with uh, Mando because – he seemed kind of badass from the start. He's kind of like, you know, the the sheriff just coming into being, you know, restoring order or at least helping friends out. And now, it, you know, it, it used to be Kung Fu. Now it's right. just, you know, I don't know. It's, I, it's spinning it, its wheels. I didn't mind. Like, again, I, it, they weren't the strongest two episodes, but I thought they got their footing under them a little bit in the second episode. The first episode was garbage. I, I couldn't stand it. Yeah, but what are we doing with the, if gotta, the second episode is stronger? Tell me what the story is. Besides, Katie Sackhoff still wielding the black saber better than everybody. He, then me, right? <laughs> yeah, get, uh, remind me again what dark saber, What sorry. the deal is with the dark saber? Uh, it's like the more you use it, the heavier it gets. It's like the sword and stone the shit. Deal? Like the only the the. Yeah, more worthy people are supposed to be able to right. Whoever has the sword is supposed to be the leader of the Mandalore, right? Mandalorian. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's as simple as that. But I, I know it gets heavier and heavier and hard to use. But I forget what does it stay the same weight or does it get lighter once you become more worthy? Well, he's again sword in the stone bullshit. Where it's like it seems too heavy for him and he can't wield it, and it's like all over the place and. It feels like what was that? Not Roger Rabbit. What was that uh, movie where it was <laughs> like it was like a singing the the singing sword? Oh, that was Looney Tunes, I think. Where it's like a singing sword that Bugs Bunny can't quite do. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. It feels dumb. <laughs> where it's like I don't understand. In the same way, I'm a little lost. Like with you, I'm trying to get the. I'm trying to follow it, and I'm sure people are know, screaming into the microphones right now. Or. They don't have microphones, but you understand what I mean. They're screaming at home <laughs> going, if you watched Rebels or if you did this, you'd understand this. And I'm like, well, that's, that's the, thing, the point. Yeah. Don't fucking rely on all the but homework that people should have watched of animated shows or whatever. They explained it, but they didn't explain it well. No, that, uh, it, it stayed with and us. And I agree with you. I got people at work like, well, if you just watch this on Disney Plus. No, no. I am not no. watching 50 episodes yeah. of a goddamn animated show yeah. so I can know who no, these side characters are. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Just like I don't like when directors put out books, like a prequel book to their movie. No, no. You did no, a you shitty job. Up. You should have done. Yeah, you're yes. filling in the gaps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I kind of like those sometimes. <laughs> uh, no, I will say that you're kind of limiting yourself with having uh, Grogu stay status quo. He's not developing. He can only develop so much because he's cute. Until he starts speaking. Once he gets his words out, it's going to be like, oh, great. You know, uh, you went from Groot, who says only Groot. Right. And now he's going to be saying full sentences. You're like, no, I'm not used to that. Yeah. When do we get Grogu the the college years, the teenage years, whatever we're doing with uh, (laughs) with Grogu? See, I'm afraid, though. I'm 
Like at, at least with uh, Groot, he you know we've seen stages, right. but he says the same thing over and over again. Right. With Grogu, he just coos and he's he's childlike. Yeah, he's a baby. So, but he's not a baby anymore. But, it feels like, and now, but yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, he's he's what uh, in reality like fifty years old, yeah. but you know he looks like a kid. Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. I I think you're kind of like limiting yourself with uh, going forward as long as you have him by Mandalorian side. Right. Listen, he's got Mando. his fill. Everyone watched this show because of Baby Yoda. Yeah, it, it's true. Like everyone gravitated towards this show, but I think after at a while, first, it's just like okay, he's still cute. Yeah, but I think if we learned Whoop anything from the Luke saga and them sidelining that whole thing and and moving away, this show is about the Mandalorian. It's called the fucking Mandalorian for a reason. I think people came for Baby Yoda, true. and I think they're sticking around because of either that lone wolf and cub story of the two of them or for mando and i think they just don't know what to do now i think it went further than they thought <laughs> and they're just kind of lost in the war yeah. they think they have to rely on the storylines of past products to tie into the ashoka series that's going to happen or or when they had to detour with the boba fett where i again some people are like yeah i liked mando back at the end of Boba Fett, better than where we are now. And I don't disagree because, again, he at least got to right. kick ass and help people. That's his thing. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. It, it, and I think in past seasons, he probably does stay with Carl Weathers for a couple episodes and figure his shit out and help him out. But now, you know, he's on a mission. Oh, really? Okay. Well, then let's get to the fucking yeah. mission already. Why did the first episode just... Go backwards. Why isn't he in Mandalore to I, start the season? He knew what he had to do from think, the beginning. I think what you need to do is you're five years removed from Return of the Jedi. Five or six. We'll we'll say, you know, it's been, you know, five or six years since Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, you have this character who's got his own stuff to deal with. Uh, he's not like Bubba Fett, but he needs to run in with familiar characters yeah. or characters that we'll see in the future of the the later uh trilogy yeah you know for all its warts he needs to see characters from them and come across characters of that to tie him with the rest of the universe other yeah. than that he's a standalone watered down version of bubba fett uh Ooh. He's a good guy compared to be the, careful with that language. Murderous. <laughs> well, no, it, it's true. Like he's Bubba Fett light. He's a good guy who is just like Bubba Fett, except he's he's not as uh, beholden to getting that next bouncer sure. or that next uh, you know mission of like I'll take him however I can get. Yeah, him, you know, as long as I get paid at the end. Yeah. You know? I just wish this show would go back to being... I don't even know what his mission is. Right, but that's the point. It either I need a mission yeah. or I need it to be more fun. And I don't think I'm getting either. I'm just getting random, you know, new puppet X that attacks him or, you know, just some, you know, piece of... Rando. Yeah, piece of the... <laughs> uh, it, you know what the worst one was for me? Space pirates who go to a school to drink... And when they're told they can't drink there because it's not a bar and insist on it, um, it's still a school. Uh, I, what are you going to drink? Some kids' yoo-hoo? Some kids' space milk? <laughs> yeah. 
and just be like, ah, this satisfies. You're the dumbest characters I've ever seen. <laughs> so, and then to end yeah. it on like a space battle with them, go fuck yourself. You just needed more action figures. You're turning into what I don't like about Star Wars, and it's fucking killing me. So, let's get to some missions. Let's get to move on. And I hope they start that with episode three. Just get it over with. Let's get let's get this going. Um, moving forward, because we're we're a little long on this episode, because you know we went heavy with the scream. Of course, I'll keep it brief on Poker Face. This show is still a lot of fun. Uh, Chris hasn't watched the finale yet, so I'm going to keep it light. But if you haven't watched this show, we've been telling you to watch it. I think it landed the plane. I think it knows what it wants. It's still keeping the train on the tracks to where we're going to kind of keep this similar formula into season two. And I am here for it. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I don't want them to touch it. I think they just need to keep huh. doing what they've been doing, bringing in these guests, keeping the, the target on her back to keep her moving. And, and that seems like what they're doing. And I'm all about it. How about you, Shane? Same way. They landed the season finale just right. And they landed it perfectly because... I like when shows, because we don't know what's going to happen down the line, but this would have worked as a series finale in a season finale. Yes. If they didn't have a season two, I feel I feel like I got everything out of the season that I needed. So right. I'm glad there's going to be a second season, but they, they, landed the, they landed it right. I loved every episode except for the ones we talked about, the Ellen Barkin one, but the Joseph Gordon-Levitt one was great. Yeah, um, agreed. And again, the season finale was really solid. I like the formula. I like what they have going, so I'm all I'm all for it. So again, this is keep rolling and don't touch anything, man. Yeah, and I can't wait for you to watch them, Chris, because I think you're you're gonna agree, especially if you liked what you watched thus far. I, I think one oh, yeah. of the things we always had out there was when they come back to her story, having to tie that up in the final episode of some sort. I think the season as a whole was going to be successful based on how they do that and i think they did it mm -hmm. right and i think they were did you it. um yeah. not to talk spoiler e at all but uh i was kind of surprised they didn't show the person she was talking to on the phone at the end were you a little surprised by that i thought they would give that reveal of who like i, I thought they I'm would not, have a famous actress like voicing that character and they, they didn't i'm like okay well, I think, A, because I think people are watching this show and they know where they're going for, that they can take their time with it. They also did that with Ron Perlman, um, right. to where you don't see him until this episode. So I feel like they're just going to keep playing that string out. And, you know, you know, there's still people around that are going to be working for her and you're going to get to meet them and that'll be part of season two. So I I'm for it. You know, because again, yeah. we're going to get right back on the road and doing what she did all season one. So I'm okay with it. I like yeah. that they touched into getting to her personal life and her a family little bit, yeah, a little bit. Just too. They they added some nice benefits that um, I think can have some legs uh, as it goes forward and deepening her while going on these you know episodes where she's kind of like coming in with the hammer while these other people are you know, murdering themselves or whatever, or whatever they're doing. So uh, I like it. I like the design. It works. Ryan Johnson is not doing his Star Wars movies to work on Poker Face and Knives Out. And I'm happy with that. I'm happy yep. because those are solid products that he's good at. So whether that pigeonholes him in this murder mystery universe for a while, I don't care. 
because yeah, again, nope. it's it's yeah. I love it, and I think it's doing a great job on both ends, cinematically and on the show. And he can kind of pivot back and forth, and it's great. I'm all yeah. for it. Yeah, he's he's definitely all about character, and uh, and he does it well. And I'm glad they're his properties that he gets to play with, and it's not someone else's toys. Yeah. I'm just wondering though. I mean, the three of us love this show. I mean, we've we've sung enough praises about it, but I'm wondering because I don't hear too much talk about it, mm. uh, even even to the people that I'm friends with, and I say, "Oh, did you catch this episode?" No, I haven't watched it yet, or whatever. Yeah. Who is this show for? Is Peacock kind of like limiting people seeing it, or are people able to? Uh, see advertising for it and kind of pique their curiosity where they're like, you know what? I'll check this out, but they're not talking to enough people about it. I I don't know. Like, well, to answer a little bit, I mean, they they have a season two. They advertise during the Super Bowl. I don't know what else they think they could do. I also think this isn't the show that is going to get that like Twitter fervor going. This is not the last Mm. of us. This is, you know, like, I love Succession. I don't see, and it's a very popular show, and yeah, I don't pe- see a lot of people going, oh, man, you fuck? like, I don't have a lot of conversations yeah. with people about Succession. Um, you know, Billions is getting multiple spinoffs. I've not seen one episode, and yet it's going to be <laughs> this massive franchise that, you know, Paramount's going to try to spin out now that they're integrating the Showtime stuff. So, you know. True. You never know like uh, what what it is until you see solid numbers or you see them get backed in that way uh, to getting multiple seasons or multiple spinoffs or these type of things. So I think it's doing well enough. I couldn't tell you another show that's Peacock only, Peacock original, that I've even cared about. But I know Shane is excited True. for Mrs. Davis. The promos are starting to get more hot and heavy because that's coming up in, what, a month? less yeah yeah so um so we'll see where that one goes and maybe that's a nice parlay coming off of poker face and they can keep the momentum going but you know they don't have a lot to hang their head on chris so i think they're just going to be like all right no, no, well true. as long as they can keep well, under a budget to... let's keep it moving yeah i just don't want to get lost in the shuffle and uh you know people to find out about it you know posthumously oh i hear you, you know you know, oh, it had two seasons. Oh, what was it on? Peacock. Oh, I I never saw anything on that. Or I don't have Peacock. Or you know, I never heard. You know, hide nor hair of who's in it. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on. But there's huge but, fan bases for like know. Psych Monk. These other shows that True. you don't sit around having you know big chats about those shows, even though they're some of my favorite shows of all time. So it's like, but that's the know. thing. You're still talking about the assemblance of cable, right? You know, you're still, you know, USA Network, you know, they had their blocks and they had their fans and whatnot. But yeah. now with the age of of streaming, it's like you can find anything anywhere. But what are you into? I wonder is, is the big question. I wonder if it wasn't succeeding that I would think they'd do what Disney did with Andor and was like, all right, well, let's put it on Hulu, and oh, maybe we should air it on ABC for a minute and see if people want to come check the rest of it out and go that way. So, yeah, you know, and I think they did that with The Old Man, too, with FX. They played it they did. on TV, and so, like, Hulu. if they really wanted to get people, they're like, this show is too good to be trapped in one 
space, especially a space that maybe people aren't getting to it fast enough or whatever. Yeah. I think if it was really struggling, they would maybe pivot to putting it on NBC because what else are they playing on NBC? Yeah. Uh, another Chicago series or another uh, oh, <laughs> Law and Order spinoff. So, like, I think it would have been welcome to do that. I'm surprised they maybe didn't, but maybe it's doing well enough on its own. So right. that's the hope. I hope so. And again, we're I'm getting more. its praises. Right, exactly. Well, that was my fear with Shrinking, which just got renewed for season two, and I love more than any show I think we've mentioned thus far because, God, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, Harrison Ford's killing it. I uh, We've talked about how we weren't in love with Jason Segel before this show, but, God, this is perfect for him. I And and honestly, well, that was Shane. I, I actually have always liked, you know, yeah. okay. Jason Segel. Yeah. <laughs> and and to me, uh, you know, Jessica Williams, I think, is really stepping up. And I'm not just saying that because she was half or three quarters naked in one of the episodes. So, you know, uh, she, she's really solid. I like what they're doing with her character and how it's integrating into, you know, Jason Siegel's lives and everything else with that. So this show, it's one of those things, Shane. I don't know if you remember when we first talked about the show where we're like, I can't see it where it's going to have more than a couple seasons. I don't know, man. The more I'm watching this show, I'm like, it's got rewatch value where I want to go back and rewatch it. And I think they have enough strong characters that they could basically do whatever the hell they want. I'm still calling three seasons on it. It might be that way, but I might cry. Right. I cry already. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. Apple's got deep pockets. I just hope they keep going as long as they got it. And I've said it. I don't know if I said it on this podcast or whether we were just yelling off mics bubble up Harrison Ford and start shooting these seasons back to back to back and then just release them mm. because Lord knows the man is 80 years old. He's a national treasure and he's great on this show. He survived plane crashes. Exactly. Yeah. He's going to fly his helicopter into multiple. another you know, building and brick a leg or something. Um, oh, God. Stop. Yeah. So please, if you're listening out there, Apple, please green light two more seasons and then just shoot them all right now. Right now, before this guy yeah. uh, goes on another you know, plane ride or whatever. So, <laughs> again, God. great TV out there. A lot of great things to catch up with. Let us know what you think about Scream 6, because we're all over the place a little bit, you know, and hedging maybe some of the, the fervor, especially that uh, Shane had coming off uh, Scream 5. So, check us out. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Recent Act Pod. Subscribe to us so you don't miss a single episode. If you're listening to this and you haven't listened to uh, the Oscar episode and you're interested in that, I just finished that up earlier this afternoon with David Wong, so that might come out even before this episode. So a lot of content for you guys. If you're interested in all that, check us out, subscribe, give us the five star, and don't miss another excellent episode of Recent Activity. See you next time.